Here we go again. Uno mas for the for the for the, the Christmas time. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another and final, the final episode of 2021 of the Neon Belly Podcast. We mm-hmm. are your host, Nate. John's back, baby, in time. And Brandon. <laughs> And boys, this is it. This is our final episode of not just 2021, but our debut year. And we are going to finish it off with our 2021 Neon Belly Awards. Um, and we are going to at big time. And we are going to have a couple little small new th- news things, excuse me, um, at the end of the episode. But before we get into all of this, boys, how are we feeling? It's Christmas time. It is. When this comes out, it won't be Christmas time. So we do hope everybody had a good Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, this is That's actually, this is going to, yeah. So we're recording this uh, on Christmas Eve Eve, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's fair to say we all had a good Christmas, right? Yeah. I Brandon, mean, I hope so. Hope so. <laughs> Brandon, you got that thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that hopefully, thing. Hopefully Oliver doesn't lowball you this year. I, all I'm saying is I hope this ages well and I can say, Brandon, we are so glad you got a new pair of headphones. Too. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 hope we'll this is, I hope this is accurate. And if not, we, we might have to sell some stuff in our houses. And Yeah, we'll see. Oh, man. I, uh, I have so much faith in Abby. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I am uh, I'm just coming from a <clears throat> Christmas party. As we speak, um, had a little on my mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a, a plenty of whiskey. I've had some Modelos. I got a Modelo now. I'm feeling good, boys. I'm ready to nice. have some fun for this. How would you rate episode. the Christmas party? Because uh, you know, there's some things you need for a good Christmas party. Yeah, I mean, it was just Pizza Hut because there's so many people. Uh, family yeah. was coming out of town, so it was kind of last minute. Did your nephew uh, do anything funny? Uh, did my nephew, oh, dude? It's usually good for at least one funny thing. Yeah, kids are just kids, man. I don't even. I don't know. That's true. (laughs) They just. I've I've found with like kids, there's just never a dull moment, and you can always make fun of them. You know. Yeah, that's true. Easy targets. Yeah, best part. Yeah. So what's going on, boys? Anything else? Uh, This is like I said. This is before Christmas, so we can anything leading into the big day. Uh, Man, I'm excited. This is my last day of work this week. Nice. It's been a long year. I didn't take any of the layoffs. I didn't take many days off outside of like, you know, a long weekend every here and there. So this will be the longest stretch of no working for me this year. So that'll be nice. And uh, only other additional thing was Hawkeye finally or the finale was nice. Don't so. okay. so I've kind of let Hawkeye go two episodes and then I watch it. So I didn't watch last week's and then I'll I'll be watching. uh, Nice. Well. So I've got I've got the final two episodes to watch. Nice, it's so Liddy. Don't spoil it. No, I'm just saying it was great. Uh, it was really good. Spider Man was I've great. Loved it. I've loved it. It's just been a, a I mean a great I mean we talk about how great of a year it was for MMA, but you know TV, <laughs> these Disney Plus shows, uh, you know sports have been kind of crazy. It's just been a good pickup from last year for sure on everything. You, you know the thing is like so. Obviously, I've been sitting at home since October with a broken ankle. Uh, We've talked about it enough. Not to say like I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, but you kind of just get bored with your same (laughs) old thing. So you know what I've deep dived into and I am like so fascinated by it. Tell them, boy, 
the Disney Plus uh, Beatles special documentary. Oh, I've heard people talk about that. Insane. I, I'm not even really a Beatles fan. Like they've got a couple songs that are like, okay, I could listen to this. It's cool. This this might be one of the greatest music documentaries ever. And it's one of those things where I have to stop myself and remind myself, this isn't actors. Like this is real footage that I'm watching. This is really these guys talking to each other this way and um, egos. And yeah, it's not reenactment. This no, is a- dude, but I keep forgetting like, because you're like, this can't be real. Like people don't really talk like this to like, yeah. it's nuts it here's the thing i think it's like three or four episodes and like every episode's like two and a half hours long but it's a long haul baby it's just weird man it's just like it pulls you in in this weird like you just you kind of want to see what happens next like in a weird mm. way but it's kind of at the end where they were already kind of starting to fall apart and talking about going so like sometimes like george harrison would just show up to a practice and be like i think i'm gonna quit today and i think he actually did at one point <laughs> like it's just nuts. It's a great, nice. it's a great documentary. You don't have to be a Beatles fan. I don't even think you really have to be a music fan. Um, but I've deep dived into that. So I'm just that's... glad Disney Plus has came through and gave you something to get you through the dark days, man. Yeah, man. Like I said, those are two, like two, two and a half hours long every episode. And it's just, work, that's it's a fat. work shift. Yeah. Is there is there a profanity in that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know if Disney Plus would put something yeah. out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean not like you know i mean they're the beatles and it's it's just like they set up a camera and just filmed them writing their final album or i think second to last album it is Mm. um and like i said at this point i mean they're just kind of not liking each other being around each other they're all creatively so different like lennon and harrison have these like two shamans sitting in the corner just like rocking rubbing crystals as they're like riding their side. i mean nice. it's nuts. I, think, I think i need that i need to put that in my contract for next year i think we need that to make sure we don't lose another mixer next year we just need a shaman every episode Jeez. yeah uh so but yeah that's been my that's been this week's like uh viewing pleasure i guess you could say nice and i watched the kevin hart series which was really good yeah. on netflix true story fantastic and I'm almost done with Witcher, but I'm really struggling with uh, the second season. I haven't started the second season yet because I just have been working. But this time it's, off is definitely it's it's a struggle. I will say episode six, one of the greatest fighting scenes I've seen in any movie or TV show. Nice. I would say all year. Wow. Fantastic fighting scene in episode six. It takes that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the payoff is good. You haven't watched Spider-Man yet, have you? No, um, okay. I was gonna go. Uh, I was gonna go catch uh, like an early one, um, just by myself at like three o'clock yesterday, and I ended up having to go get my hair cut. Um, so I think uh, I think next week I'm gonna go try to just catch one kind of early, like a first showing of it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I'll be seeing that hopefully in the next week or so. But. I still have a whole other, I mean, I don't even go back to work till February. So yeah, you got some time. I can do some more deep dives. Yeah. I can go check in on Spider-Man at any time. (laughs) There's a, just a quick little filler. If you end up wanting some more music documentary stuff on Netflix, there's a Quincy Jones documentary. That's really good. Love documentaries. And I love music documentaries too. Quincy Jones talks about the whole working with Michael Jackson and that whole buildup. It's just really, really dope. Nice. 
Well, boys, let's get into our year-end MMA awards. Uh, before we do, though, um, John. Oh, one thing. So, uh, I want everybody, if you're listening. Uh, so we earlier today we had posted on Eagle FC, which is Khabib's MMA promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a picture of Kevin Lee on there. I want everybody to go to Eagle FC if you're listening to this. And there's a picture of Kevin Lee. Basically, I think it's from like, I think it was posted on like December 15th. And it's just saying that they had signed Kevin Lee. And then it said like, who should be his next opponent? We went in there. We tagged Sean Fallon. Uh, He commented under it, said he would love that matchup. Tagged, you know, Kevin Lee, uh, Khabib, and then the promotion. Um, Man, go comment on that. If you're listening, if you're from Indiana, tag Sean Fallon. Dude, that would be so sick he's i mean and i mean what a better fight at like 165 too right you know right. he called he's him fought, the king of 165 last yeah, week dude he's fought <laughs> so many times at 65 and what a good way to start this division uh sean mm-hmm. fallon versus uh excuse me kevin lee so if you are listening if you do use instagram go to eagle fc uh their instagram page click on the picture from kevin lee posted i think december 15th comment in the comments tag sean fallon Let's go. Let's get and that. While you're at it, if you got Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we need you checking out these episodes. We need you to give us a five-star review or five stars and then give us a review. We like to read them. We haven't got to read one in so long. I mean, I don't even know what they look like. That's right. But we just want you guys to on social media, Neon Belly Podcast, hit us up. You know, we love to interact with people. We've been throwing stuff in the stories, trying to get people to just to kind of let us know <laughs> what they think. And especially for this, if you don't agree with what we pick for our nominees, or who we pick to win, say something. We'd love to have a little back and forth and just hear your guys' take on all that. For show. Brandon, do you agree with that? Uh, Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> what do you disagree with? I mean, they don't have to give us five stars. You can give us three. You can give <laughs> yeah. us two. Yeah, I mean, it's very – you're very forceful with the ratings. I mean, at this point, you just rate. Just rate it. You know, right. be, be honest. <clears throat> be honest with your ratings. We can improve. All right. I like it. Well, boys, let's get into our year-end awards. Really excited for this. Um, Most of these awards, just before we jump into it, are UFC-specific. We will try to um, clarify which ones are UFC-specific. Some of the awards we did try to open up to other categories, like other promotions, I mean, or consider other promotions at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, But obviously, with the UFC being the biggest organization in the world, it gets the most eyes. It just makes the most sense. So we are going to kick this off boys with the UFC breakout fighter of the year. Um, This category is basically reserved for a fighter that maybe was unranked to kind of mid tier, um, but has climbed to contender or the top of their division within the past year. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse me. The Modelo's hitting hard boys. Uh, (laughs) Could you guys hear it? Uh, I heard a little, a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little right, bit. Right. Sorry. Sorry for people that heard that. Uh, boys, I'm going to run through our nominees. Our nominees are Surreal Gone, Benil Dariush, Islam Mahakchev, Jiri Prohashka, Bala Muhammad, Sean Brady, Sean Strickland, Tom Aspinall, Giga Chikadze, Casey O'Neill, and Mackenzie Dern. Uh, this was one of the ones that we actually had probably the most nominees, but Mm-hmm. I feel like pretty necessary because all these fighters deserve to be in this list. 
yeah, this was a, a year of new blood for sure. There was a lot of, uh, you know, names get, got breaking through. It's just obviously we decided on the one that broke through the most, but it's definitely a really good year for, uh, you know, resetting some of these divisions as far as the top people and giving people new names to cheer for. for sure. Yeah, looking at this, I didn't even realize until just now looking at how deep this uh, section was with all the different yeah. people we could have picked. So, yeah, that's, I mean, just goes to show the kind of year some, some of these guys have had, so. For sure. <clears throat> and ladies, Brandon. Yeah, and ladies. Brandon. And the ladies. Okay, Mackenzie, yep. Sorry. <laughs> and Casey O'Neill. Yep. Uh, boys. He, he assumed that was a dude for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> boys. Boys, our UFC breakout fighter of the year for 2021, of course, was Surreal Gone. Uh, he started yes, the year ranked at number seven went three and zero, um, and is now the interim UFC heavyweight champion will unify in January, uh, with Francis Ngannou, uh, but nobody had a breakout year, uh, quite like surreal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Making, I mean, the good thing about heavyweight is, you know, once you start making that momentum, if you can keep it up, you can, you can be at this level as far as the biggest breakout, but, uh, you know, get all the way to the top, starting at, you know, just breaking into the top 10 is really impressive for this year. So coming into this year, how many fights did he have in the UFC? Wasn't it just like two or three? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have been more than three. I yeah, think. it was only a few fights in the UFC, and he had some some good wins. And, I mean, some of them, I mean, they were all pretty impressive. But then, like you said, for this year to go 3-0 and and then pretty much end up with the interim title and get the shot against Nganu, I mean, and especially the way you put away Lewis, yeah. man, just what the cap off the year like that was just – you know, because nobody's doing that to Lewis. Um, so that's just really impressive. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just that's exactly it. Just not even to go 3-0, but, you know, that as impressively as he did, I think he beat Volkov in that run. Uh, yep. You know, it was just a Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck, who is dangerous. Lewis, who is dangerous. You know, Volkov's right. tricky because he's like seven foot tall. Um, right. So congratulations, Sriogan. The neon belly. First, UFC first time fighter of the year, the first ever. Uh, so that's yeah. that category. Brandon. All right. Coach of the year. So coach of the year. So we had, I'm going to go through the nominees first. So our, our four nominees, we had Trevor Whitman, or I'm sorry, we had. Yeah. You're right. three, okay. Three. Yeah. So three, three. Yeah. Well, Trevor technically Whitman. four, but I see what you're looking at. But yeah, technically. Okay. Three. Trevor Whitman. <laughs> the way you wrote these. Javier. Ha Javier and Khabib at AKA kickboxing. Um, Eugene Behrman at city kickboxing. Yep. So our winner, we chose Trevor Whitman. Um, this was kind of an easy one, just given the way Trevor's years gone. And you guys mentioned like you to go three and zero on that night, like he did between Usman, Rose, Gaethje. Yeah. And, um, you know, a big, big one there too is Usman. When he, since he switched to Whitman, you know, he's one of those guys you can definitely see what a difference the coach has made. Um, and that's just something I don't feel like we, we see a whole lot, at least not in, at this level, because Usman was at the peak and he's still getting better. So I think that just goes to show, you know, some of the tools that Whitman has and he's very selective in the fighters he has anyways. So that's off to him. Yeah, to have two champions and then somebody who's contending for one. I mean, you can't really do much better than that. Yeah, no, for sure. And, <clears throat> you know, just some of our other like, you know, with Javier Mendez and Habib uh, with AKA. Um, you know, that's kind of a split one, you know, Habib credits Javier, Javier, obviously he, I mean, he, to his 
he, he credits Habib a lot, you know, and um, obviously with those, you know, the AKA guys, but more specifically the Daggies, you know, they had a huge year, um, not yeah. just within the UFC, but in Bellator, PFL. Yeah, mostly um, outside, I would argue. It, it was, you know, these guys are kind of slowly creeping into the UFC, but, uh, you know, so credit to them as well. And obviously Eugene Behrman, I mean, City Kickboxing has, you know, I would say, you know, as far as across most divisions, probably the deepest mm -hmm. roster in terms of talent pool uh, that competes at the highest level. Yeah. Um, and Eugene Behrman is obviously instrumental in all that. Um, mm -hmm. But I told you guys is like Brandon mentioned to me, Trevor locked this up at UFC 268. I mean, like to have them all three go three, and zero, two of them being title fights, uh, Gaethje to have the fight that he did, obviously. And yeah, you know, just, just the rise that we've seen with Usman, but also with Rose. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. Rose has made a huge jump in her, uh, skill level. Um, and that's all credit, uh, to Trevor Whitman. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, but at the end of next year, he could have three champions and we could be talking about him back in this spot next year. So shout outs to Trevor Whitman. Um, Boys, next category uh, we're going to have John do is performance of the year. I didn't write this, so I want to just specify uh, this was just kind of best singular performance. You know, it could be like a comeback or, uh, you know, just a, a big moment uh, in the year. Uh, but that's kind of reserved for this spot. So, John, run us through our nominees for performance. All righty. For performance of the year, we got a, a crazy list, um, <clears throat> you know, with some of these some of the categories there's like a clear cut winner but if that person isn't there we have a lot more uh debating and arguing to do to kind of set it up so we have juliana pena defeating <clears throat> amanda nunez obviously uh you have max holloway defeating calvin cater you have brandon moreno defeating davison figueredo you have hamzat chemaev defeating jangalang <laughs> i gotta get one in you got jan blauchowicz defeating adesanya you got dustin poyer defeating conor mcgregor their first fight yeah, uh, knockout. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, there's those are all really good fights, really good showings, but it would be hard pressed for us not to say who our winner is, which is Mr. Max Holloway. Blessed himself for putting on probably the best striking performance over five rounds that we've ever seen. Yeah, I would say probably probably the best individual performance possibly ever in the UFC. I mean, and, and to do it over five rounds. And, and I told you guys earlier, you know, a lot of credit, credit to Calvin Cater uh, for mm -hmm. being durable, you know, uh, to be able to hang in there and take the punishment that he did, but the output, I mean, I think he broke the record for, you know, most significant strikes and strikes in a fight. I mean, it was just really, really something unreal. Yeah. And it's, you know, and you kind of, when you see that, you understand why, there's the joke with Volkanovsky of people just still calling Max the best guy because he he does. I mean, he puts on performances like this and it's it's hard to deny him that. But, you know, when you when you do something like that and you do it in the way he did it with the taunting and like talking to the guys on the cage and like it was just a, a, a all time performance for sure. Yeah, this was a tough one not to not to give to Max. Um just especially when in that just that moment that I'm sure is going to be talked about forever where he looks at the, the commentary booth yeah. and he's telling, I'm the best boxer at the UFC. Wow. Yeah. He's like, you know, slipping, innovating punches. I mean, that's 
it's just kind of incredible um, to do it at that level. So, yeah. but one thing I did want to mention for, for me was a super, super, super close second for me was the Dustin Poirier finish McGregor. And I know you guys are going to say it's because you knocked out McGregor. Oh, it's a hundred percent because of that. There's, you don't need to act but, like it isn't, but, but for <laughs> think about it just for a second. I mean, just the fact that he knocked out McGregor, which I think, what was it leading up to that fight where he was talking about how he only counts KOs or it may have been after that fight. I think it was, but, I don't remember. I think I, it was after. I'm not sure, but I, either way, just the fact that he put away McGregor and he outstruck him and with the leg kicks, just for me, like I know that performance was at the beginning of the year. So it's, it's a long ways away, but thinking back on it with the leg kicks and just the way he was able to outmaneuver McGregor and outstrike him or outland him, I suppose. Um, that was a close second for me. So I had to throw that in there. I'm going to tell you why it's just because you hate McGregor because Jan Blachowicz giving Israel Adesanya his very first loss in MMA is amazing. Okay. Juliana Pena giving Amanda Nunes her first loss since like 2014 or 15 is amazing. So is, is what Dustin Hamza. did is what Dustin did to Connor. Not amazing. Oh no. I mean, yeah, the first, I mean, he's not the first guy to beat him though. And okay. He's, he's the first guy to knock him out, but I mean, there was nothing special to it. Other than wow. the fact it was Conor McGregor and you hate him. Okay. All right. I just can't wait for us to get real wow. old and you guys just do this argument like when we're in our 60s. <laughs> our, kids are, our kids are going to be like, oh, God, here they go again. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a family rivalry. It's like uh, Hatfields and McCoys about I'm Conor just saying there's – if I was to do an order, I mean, I would put – I'd be okay with putting Dustin over like Hamza and Moreno, even though Moreno – you know, beating figure eight yeah. as good as coming uh, back. And yeah, man, it, that was a good, a good performance <clears throat> as opposed to Dustin just landing a lucky shot. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, well, well it was a lucky shot on Aldo, right? That McGregor huh? landed. 100%. Oh, That's okay. why just I think you're confused. Just, just checking. Just yeah. making sure. Hey, we don't got to bring Aldo into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, boys, we are moving on to our, 2021 submission of the year uh this was another really really tough category mm -hmm. uh, as a lot of these were um but our nominees were anthony fluffy hernandez's guillotine over hadafo Vieira, brandon moreno's rear naked choke over davidson figueiredo to win the flyweight title uh, andre muniz inverted armbar over jacare souza which he snapped it in half uh, Paul Craig's armbar over Jamal Hill, which also, I guess he didn't snap it, dislocated it. Uh, Glover Teixeira's rear naked choke over Jan Blachowicz to win the light heavyweight title. Juliana Pena's rear naked choke over Amanda Nunes to win the women's bantamweight title. And AJ McKee's rear naked choke over Pitbull to win the Bellator 145-pound championship. <clears throat> um Man, it, this was tough, especially when some of these won titles, right? All uh, the rear nakeds did. Yeah, yeah, man. What a what a crazy year for rear nakeds. Um, and so that, you know, you always take that in consideration. But we all three kind of unanimously eliminated those first, um, mm -hmm. it seemed like. And it was kind of for us between the Fluffy Hernandez uh, over Hadolfo Vieira, Muniz, uh, over Jacare and Paul Craig over Hill and all three of those were just really significant and in their own way and unique, but ultimately, boy, yes, but ultimately the one that we all three, even though we were a little bit different on that, we all three unanimously agreed on 
was Fluffy Hernandez's guillotine over Hidalfo Vieira. That is our 2021 submission of the year. Uh, you know, for maybe people that don't know, don't remember, Hidalfo Vieira, I think he's like a six or seven time world jujitsu champion. Uh, Fluffy Hernandez was a plus 3,000 uh, <laughs> odds to win by submission. Survived. One thing, John, you had said, and I didn't even think about, but, you know, the first round is insane of that fight mm -hmm. um, and, and not in an insane and like striking the scrambles, the grappling, the, I mean, these two were just on the mat um, sprawling. And, and I mean, it was just a really fun grappling match and Hernandez defended a ton of really, really deep submissions and got out of them. Mm -hmm. Vieira was tired by the second or, but he had opportunities to finish it in the first and did not um, right. So just for Fluffy to, 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 you know, not only win by a guillotine, but to do it on a guy like Cadolfo Vieira, it was just kind of a, a unanimous pick for all three of us. Yeah. I think uh, Fluffy also, man, he had to defend those takedowns a lot. Yeah. Um, Vieira was especially. just, he was like reshooting. Re he would shoot, reshoot. I mean, he was just all over. And him. when he did finally get up, you know, he had the cardio to hurt him, yeah. hit him, get him in bad positions to where he could go, which I think he went for that choke a, a, a couple chokes a couple times and then was he, finally at able to At the end of the round, it. I think he went for a Dars. Yeah. He actually had it pretty deep on uh, Hadolfo. Yeah, but it's, I mean, you don't you don't get much better than that as far as a notch on your jujitsu belt, right? You know, yeah. beating somebody who's a world champion. Oh, man. And at his game, because like I said, that first round kind of looked like a grappling match in a lot of sin, you know, a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, like I know I, I put I had Craig pretty high up there for me, but going back and I've watched rewatched the fluffy fight since since I said that and just rewatching it, I, I forgot how much of a kind of come behind that that win was too. Mm -hmm. um, that was a dog fight, and and yeah. like you said, to to do that against such a decorated jujitsu player too. I mean. Yeah, you don't get much of a more of a feather in your cap with that. Yeah. So it's pretty how, impressive. How many guys let, you know, Damian Maya get to their positions and yeah. play with that and, you know, get their way out of it? And that's the level of grappler you'd have to assume that he's on. So, yeah, because yeah. I think at one point Vieira <clears throat> had Hernandez like, like both hooks in, had him flattened out and just still, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Fluffy just fought off that uh, uh, rear naked choke. Um, so, yeah. Submission of the year, Fluffy Hernandez. Take a bow, Let's sir. <laughs> Brandon, let us know. Knockout of the year. All right. So knockout one. of the year. Yeah, this was a tough one. We had quite a few fantastic options. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> run through them real quick. So we had Kamara Usman's knockout over Jorge Masvidal. We had Yuri Prohachka's spinning elbow over Reyes, Dominique Reyes. We had Corey Sanhagen's flying knee over Frankie Edgar. Derek Lewis's knockout over Curtis Blades, Rose Namajunas's head kick knockout over Jean Wei Lee, Sergio Pettis's spinning back fist over Horiguchi, and then Alex Pierre's knee over Michaelides. I think it's Michilides. Michilides. I can't remember pronouncing. Michilides. We'll go with that. All right, and again, this one was a tough one for <clears throat> us. We kind of started teasing apart between like i would what three or four um mm -hmm. kind of going back and forth between usman brahachka sanhagen but ultimately after reviewing the tape we kind of unanimously decided it was usman's knockout over jorge masvidal um i think a big part of that was just looking into that fight no one really expected him to win via knockout we kind of expected him to use a lot of wrestling and grappling after looking at the first one plus man masvidal is 
tough. He's durable. Mm -hmm. He can take damage. I mean, nobody really sees him get knocked out like that, but Usman can hit, man. He's got some firepower. And ever since being with, with Whitman, he's, he's gotten accurate too. So there it is. Yeah. I, um, I was leaning more Derek Lewis as my number one, but I had Usman as second and it wasn't a big enough argument for me to deny that. But Derek Lewis timing that uppercut after basically not doing anything the whole fight, but just looking for that and then finally getting it and violently finishing it was really big for me. Sanhagen was another big one for me, but when it comes down to it, what Usman did is definitely super, super impressive. And I think he definitely deserves this neon belly award. Yeah. Just, just the way. Yeah. I mean, it's just so violent and, you know, I think <clears throat> Brandon kind of said is the Reyes Jerry won that. I mean, that was such a good fight and just, but man, that Sanhagen one was so close for me. Um, just because of the timing, I mean, everything that went into that knee uh, was just the timing of it and the way he kind of like led him into it and, and just how the agility required to do that. You know, the Rose won the shock factor. I mean, I, I don't know. I could go through on all these. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. This was, this was a really hard one, but yeah, ultimately the fact Usman was able to, um, you know, put Masvidal away like that. A guy like Masvidal is, you can't deny that. And I don't know if you said it, I was kind of typing something off to the side, but um to me, that really kind of solidified Usman's place as, you know, possibly, uh, well, not possibly, the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. I really feel like that fight kind of threw him over the hump. So right. uh, definitely, definitely a good one. Uh, next one we got is John, fight of yeah. the year. So this one was so close that we had to go to the fans. <laughs> yeah, we all three uh, and, we all three <laughs> conflicted on this. Yeah, it was funny as as we were, you know, Nathan brought it up in the chat and said his side, and I was like, well. Then Brandon put up his side, and I was like, well, funny thing is, I have a, a different one as well. So, if you follow us on Instagram, which you should, Neon Belly Podcast, we put it in our story, we left it up to a vote, and um, we got a winner, a clear cut winner, but. Uh, to give you the nominees, we have Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, Brian Ortega versus Alexander Volkanovsky. We got Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez, and we have Kamaru Usman versus Kobe Covington, too. Um, and I mean, anybody who's watched all these fights know how difficult this was. But as it was voted, our winner is Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler in what was one of the craziest fights to watch all year. Um, three rounds of just. I feel like we just watched this in the round before, but they're still going at it at the same pace. Um, really impressive, obviously. And then, you know, Chandler coming off of him getting knocked out to show that he is, it's not a suspect chin. He just got caught, you know, he got a really well-placed punch and then Gaethje to, you know, power through from his last performance. You know, I think um, both of them really proved a lot of who they are in that fight. I personally had Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez for their five round war. But I mean, none of these are loses. I mean, they're all probably, you know, if we if we ask 10 people on the street, they probably all have a different answer, except for our voters who definitely think that Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler are it. Yeah. So um, for me, too, I also had another fight kind of as my top pick um, for me. It was the Volkanovsky Ortega fight. Um I think Nate had a good point looking back on it. Like for, for me, a big part of that fight, why it was so exciting was I believe the third round. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that round was where you had so much of the back and forth. You had the submission attempts from Ortega. You had Volk on top landing some ground and pound. Um, and it was a fantastic fight, 100% um, all the way around. But really that, that one round was really where a lot of the action was. So 
makes sense to give Gaethje Chandler the the nod because that action was there the whole fight. So, um, yeah, it's, that's a good one. It's a good first place. Yeah. So I I I picked Gaethje Chandler as my fight of the year. Um, that was my pick. Um, yeah, you know the all all four fantastic. I was really shocked uh, with our voting. Usman and Covington too was actually the second most picked. Um, mm-hmm. which it was a great fight. Um, so I'm not super shocked, but, um, I feel like Ortega Volk would definitely be my second pick. Um, I think I even told you guys, I felt like it was a two horse race between those two. I just personally felt like that Gaethje Chandler fight was like, we just don't get fights like that very often. And it was something special. And I told you guys, it's one of those fights where, it breaks all barriers. Like you can show that fight to anybody. And like, I told you guys, if I was going to like, somebody had never seen MMA and I'm like, I want to show you what this is. I would lead with this fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's going to, it's going to draw people in. I mean, it was just insane. And from really the first to the third round, you know, For sure. both of them dropping each other in the first round, rocking each other in the first, you know, I told you guys, Chandler getting double legged and just or uh, Gaethje front flipping out of the double leg. Uh, yeah. There were some really decent scrambles at times. In the third round, you know, Chandler's leg is like his left leg. I think it was was like double the size of his right from the leg kicks, and he's still walking forward and kind of hands down. Him on too, yeah. yeah, telling him come on, just walking at Gaethje, and Gaethje's just rocking him, and just it's just special, man. Like we just don't we just don't get fights like that too often. We get good fights. Like mm-hmm. all the rest of the fights were fantastic. We just don't get ones like that, that to me, like I was just the whole time I was like a little kid, you know, watching WrestleMania or something. Yeah. <laughs> like just well, screaming. And, and I'll put it to you guys like this. I mean, when we talk, I mean, obviously this is our first year doing this, so we can compare these as we move on, but you know, how many years have had five fights like these? Yeah. It's a good no, year. Not many. I mean, and we're leaving, you know, there's other fights that were super exciting, but these were just like the yeah. top ones, but you don't get a year like this very often. So I think, you know, this has been a huge bounce back year from last year. And these five fights, if you had to, you know, if you're comparing years, best fights, this, this year would be a very, very big contender. Maybe what we can do going forward is like, obviously we're going to keep track of what our winners are, but then like, so next year when we have our fight of the year, we can compare it to this year's winner, maybe see what we think between those two, just to kind of see if it still holds its place. Yeah. See if it's like a, a, a running award. Yeah. Who, who can say King of the Hill? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Boys. Next uh, category is UFC debut performance of the year. Um, we did this category because some fighters, you know, either debuted later in the year. Uh, so they didn't quite get the body because, because we just guess like a spoiler, we have a rookie of the year award. Um, but they maybe didn't get quite the body of the work of work that some other fighters get plus with injuries, different circumstances, um, you know, different things can prevent people from fighting more than, you know, once or twice in a year. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, for this category, had to be a rookie, had to be your first UFC fight, uh, had to debut basically in 2021 in the UFC. Uh, so our nominees are Michael Chandler's first round knockout over Dan Hooker, Alex Pierre's second round fighting or a flying knee uh, over uh, Michelades, Patty Pimblett's first round KO over, KO over Vendramini, Umar Nur- Nurmagomedov's second round sub over Morozov, 
Terrence McKinney's seven-second knockout over the steamroller, Matt Frivola, <laughs> and Ian Gary's first-round knockout over Jordan Williams. Wow, this was another uh, really tough one. Uh, but what really decided this one for us mutually was given the spot, given the opponent, the pressure, everything that went into it, uh, we gave it to Michael Chandler for his first round knockout over Dan Hooker. Um, you know, he came in with all the pressure, you know, coming from Bellator and, you know, he had like Brandon had mentioned when we were talking is, you know, he even weighed in for, was Habib it the Habib and, uh, Justin? Yeah. Habib Gagey yeah. fight. And, you know, so he's coming in first fight in the UFC and then to fight a guy like Hooker and then to put him away the way he did and as fast as he did, um, and going all the way to fight Island. I mean, there's just so much that goes into that, that we don't even see and realize, um, that kind of led to this decision, but great nominees again, but Michael Chandler, um, just kind of got it for, for that spot that he was in. Who would be your second off of that list? I think it would be Pereira. Um, but dude, it'd be tough. Poor Terrence McKinney, man. Um, I know that would be mine. I, I just think that the story and the way that happened is just, yeah. So for maybe people that don't remember Terrence McKinney knocked out Matt Frivola, which to face a guy like Matt Frivola in your first UFC fight is insane. Right. Uh, but he, he faces Matt Frivola, knocks him out in seven seconds and then does like a backflip or something jumps off the cage. I don't even remember blows his ACL out or his knee. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of like a Johnny Walker, uh, style injury. And he's been out ever since. So he didn't fight the rest of the year. Right. So I don't know. Pereira's knee was beautiful though. Uh, right. but it'd probably be one of those two if I wasn't going to go Chandler. So for me, um, part of the reason I think Chandler takes this one is I, for, for whatever reason, I think a big part of it is, um, like looking back on Ben Askren's debut. Okay. Cause when Ben Askren came over, he, he made a lot of noise coming over from one, there was the trade with mighty mouse. And so there was a lot of talk behind Askren. Right. And he went against Robbie and he looked pretty silly. Um, he, he yeah. won the fight, but obviously it was very controversial. Yeah. And we know, we know how the rest of his career went. Right. Um, Chandler kind of came in with that same amount of talk. Right. Cause he kind of mm-hmm. was a big name in Bellator, um, pretty extensive career, and, you know, like you said, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. So we're going to see what's up. And, man, did he put on – I mean, like you said, to go out there against Hooker, um, I think Hooker, I forget, ranked number six or number five. And yeah. uh, to knock him out like that in round one, I mean, just was ultra impressive and completely answered those questions that Ashburn didn't. So really put some faith behind, for me, behind transfers and guys coming over from other divisions. So awesome, awesome debut. Yeah, and, I mean, with one fight, he – made people be like, well, he might, he'll probably knock out Charles Oliveira. Like he only had, <laughs> that was his only showing in the UFC and Charles Oliveira had had all these fights and had all this career in the UFC, but that one performance made a lot of people feel like, oh yeah, this guy's going to do it. And he almost did. So, yeah. I mean, and then he hit Oliveira what once and or twice and, and dropped him. And it was, we thought it was over in the <clears> fight and he kind of weaseled his way out, but yeah. So, yeah, I, I love what you said there um, about, you know, Askren and, you know, I just started thinking like, you know, we like guys like Manel Cop, who we just saw this year, you know, mm-hmm. come into the UFC mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of hype behind him and and kind of fell short. Um, another took guy him a while. took him a while. He's kind of, kind of picking it up now. But, you know, another guy that popped in my head was uh, Will Brooks, you know, a guy that uh, came over from Bellator. A lot of people thought, 
you know, was really going to make a splash in the UFC and just, just really struggled to, to kind of get going. So it, there is so much pressure, yeah. you know, when you're a highly ranked guy or a champion, even in another division, and then you come over to the UFC, I mean, all eyes are on you when you're a big prospect like that. So mm-hmm. I, I really, I agree with that. That's more the reason why uh, Chandler deserves uh, debut performance of the year. Uh, Brandon UFC rookie of the year. All right. So for these guys, they had a debut in 2021. So I'm going to run through the nominees real quick. So we had Chris Curtis, Casey O'Neill, Bruno Silva, and Aaron Blanchfield. Um, so for this one, we picked Chris Curtis. Um, he fought five five times in 2021. Four, um, four in the UFC, four, but five times. Yeah. So five times total, four in the UFC. I believe all five of those were finishes. Um Dude, <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody else has that amount of work um, just in a singular year. Yeah, last um, minute king. Yeah, so I mean, to, to do that, and how many times did he come in last last minute? Was his it last two fights against Phil Haas and Brendan Allen? That's yeah, like so four twice. weeks apart, right? Something yeah, like, yeah. Hamza Hamza did something like that similar. I know when he first came in, but I mean, dude, Chris Curtis, um, he, he was all over the place this year, so. Hats off to him. Um, he looked great in his last performance as well. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be exciting to see what he does next year because he'll have an entire year in the UFC, hopefully. So hopefully he gets a lot done. He said he wanted to fight one more time right there at the end of the year. He wanted to get on that last paper. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, there's the, the, this field was, you know, there's some good people. Bruno Silva, actually, I think he's got some, some big stuff coming up. I know. Yeah, he went three and oh this year. Looked great. Um, in every fight, all, um, all finishes for Bruno Silva, two first round and a third round finish. So, and then, uh, Casey O'Neill went three, and oh, yeah, Casey, who's a, who's a female fighter. Uh, she went three, and oh, this year, Brandon, she looked phenomenal. Um, and, uh, Aaron Blanchfield, I think is really somebody to watch in 2022. I think she went two and no oh, three, and oh, this year, but, uh, her last win was against Miranda, Mar- Miranda Maverick. Uh, and to beat a lady like that so early in your UFC career is just massive. Uh, so mm-hmm. she's somebody to watch, but yeah, you can't go wrong with Chris Curtis, man. That just, it just crazy last minute to fight guys like Phil Haas and Brendan Allen. And then was it Brendan Allen ranked too? Yeah. Like 15. And he knocked him out. Like what? I mean, it's just, <laughs> he's crazy. a different dude, man. He didn't even, uh-huh. and that fight, it was crazy too. Cause obviously he wasn't looking his best and then flicks that switch and that's it. And, and I feel like a lot of, you know, I just want to clarify too, because, you know, Michael Chandler uh, obviously wasn't even a nominee here. Um, and, and for a couple of reasons, first off, he went one and two this year. Uh, granted, the degree of difficulty, we completely understand. Right. Uh, he fought much tougher opponents, but you also have to rate him and grade him off of what he did. And that's all we can do. Um, so it's hard to take it from a guy like Chris Curtis who went four and oh, maybe against lesser opponents. Sure. We understand that, but, uh, that that's important to make note of that. Plus a guy like Michael Chandler, um, you know, had he had had a good year, if he went three and oh, he would probably definitely be a lock. Uh, but it's easier to pass on a guy like him too, who does have such a storied career before anyways. So right. it's just cool to give somebody a little shine here. And to fight that many times for me, that, that, that's yeah. really impressive because most of the time guys are fighting two, three times a year. Sure. Um, and, and there's a lot of work that goes into that. We talk about that a lot. You know, we, we see the three fights 
but nobody, not a lot of people see all that work that goes in behind that, right? It's it's much more than those three three uh, fights themselves. So for a guy to do that five times in a year, man, that's that's crazy. He's out of Detroit, right? Yes. Yeah. Detroit boys, him and Chaos Williams, man, look out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, John hit us with our 2021 female fighter of the year. Brandon's yeah, favorite Brandon's category. Favorite yeah. category. <laughs> you guys are trying to get me in trouble. Trying to get me canceled. Yeah, we're gonna get Brandon canceled off our own podcast. I'm about to yeah. I'm about to just feed into it. So you better be careful. Uh, well, oh, that'll don't. be that'll be on you. Do not. <laughs> uh, we got a, a really, really strong group. I, I feel like the female and male are both really, really strong, um, really hard to kind of you yeah. kind of have to nitpick and have a preference on what you're more impressed with. Um, our nominees are Kayla Harrison, Valentina Shevchenko, and Rose Namajunas. And after going through what they've all done, you know, we kind of felt like that Kayla and Valentina kind of did business as usual, which is high level, amazing stuff. But to do what Rose did for us was something that really gave her the the nod over them. So our female fighter of 2021 is Rose. Thug Rose, I'm a for her performances against Wei Li. So, yeah, for me, like, you know, and I, I want to add to like it, as much as we can, like, this isn't a knock against Kayla or Valentina. Like, but, you know, like they said, business as usual for them. Um, maybe some of that has to do with quality of the opponents. But again, like for, for Rose to come in and take the title back and the knock with the knockout the way she landed it, and then to get the rematch and show a wide array of skill sets through through her takedowns which her guard passing her jiu-jitsu and her combos as well she even got stunned early in that fight i just re- mm-hmm. i remembered and um yeah i mean it was just it was very rocky-esque for me um just given the when she lost the title and sort of the the road back she's had um leading to these these two fights here and very very ironic that i i said that and then she had those comments about um, you know, better red than dead, but any, I digress. Um, fantastic performances by her. Yeah, no, dude, a hundred percent. I, I literally agree. I mean, everything you guys said is, is what we, you know, all the reasons we picked her here. Um, you know, I, I was just really impressed, you know, you know, not just beating Whaley once, you know, the first time you could have called a fluke, uh, but then to go out and do it the second time. And I feel like she looked a lot better in that second fight as well. And, and John, you had said it when we were kind of talking about this is you also do have to take some account into like what Wei Lee did to win that fight, that second fight, you know, she completely uprooted her whole life and went to a camp with Henry Cejudo to completely reinvent herself in her game. Um, and she went for all that, the wrestling, everything mm-hmm. we thought she would go for. And Rose just had an answer for everything. Um, and I told you guys, like you guys had kind of both said is, you know, at the beginning of January, 2020 this year, uh, you got, we all would have predicted, you know, Kayla and Valentina's years. Yeah. They'll go into, but man, there's just, I mean, there's just no way you would have thought I'm uh, not no way, uh, but a lot of people wouldn't have expected her to be Wei Lee, let alone twice. And you have to take into account how good Wei Lee looked up until, uh, Rose. So that Yana fight was crazy. Hey, yeah. real real quick, what why would you say uh Rose uh in the Whaley first fight would have been a fluke? Say what? 
you said the first fight with Rosen Whaley, you could even throw that as a fluke. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like, uh, we, well, because when we had kind of like even talked about it uh, in the recap of the second fight, uh, John had mentioned that, um, you know, she just kind of caught her. Like, you know, you could almost write it off as like, she just caught her with a head kick, essentially. Kind of like McGregor did with Aldo. Yeah, but it's exactly what you just said. He Same thing Poirier did with McGregor. I mean, no, that's a little different. We, we could, no, it's not. We can Honestly, literally, we can literally play was, this game all day. I think it was Brandon who said it was a fluke head kick because I was riding. Been. I, I don't remember. I just remember one of you guys said, like, you know, she she kind of just caught her or could have just caught her. Or, it was Brandon because he jumped on the Whaley train hard when she changed. Okay. I mean, I did that. too, man. I, I was a real believer. <laughs> I, in, I, I was a real believer in <laughs> Wei Lee. She cut her freaking hair off. She actually started to look like Henry Cejudo. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and you know, in a rematch like that, you know, sometimes you're getting, you know, somebody who might put a couple wrinkles in, but this was a whole yeah. different, you know, whole different approach by Wei Lee. So you're right. not even getting the same girl. And, you know, they, they, it was a whole different puzzle she had to solve. Yeah, I'm just saying like that second fight is if even if you thought that first one was just like, a, oh, she caught her with a good strike. It's fighting. It happens. She she quiet. She silenced all that in the second fight, which was a great fight for both women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Rose deserves this award. And I mean, just her story, her comeback, like Brandon said, very kind of like that Rocky ass. Like you just can't help but root for somebody like Rose. So she well, deserves and, that. And, you know, with Valentina, it's unfortunate, but there's, you know, you know, Nathan, you know a little bit more just because of being into other sports, but, you know, LeBron could probably win every year MVP. Tom Brady could probably win every year. You almost get sick of giving them this award because they stay so consistent. So you kind of want to get a different face in there because if you look at what Valentina did, you could also obviously easily make a argument for the way she's been doing this division for years, every year. But yeah, it is really, I mean, to see Rose do that. And, you know, I talked about earlier this influx of change and new blood you know to see her take that that spot on top of that division it was really really dope to see yeah for sure boys our last and final category of the first annual neon belly mma awards is our 2021 male fighter of the year and our candidates are charles Oliveira, surreal gone and Kamara Usman, boy, three, um, I mean, just three guys that just absolutely had a year. Uh, this is, once again, I mean, we've said it for most of them, tough one to pick, uh, but ultimately our male fighter of the year we selected was Kamara Usman. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely feel like he deserves this award. <clears throat> like I said earlier, really solidified himself as the pound for pound greatest fighter on planet earth this year. Um, working his way, work, slowly working, not slow, slowly now kind of like rapidly moving his way into one of the greatest ever talk, you know, that goat talk, um, not even for everything he's done. He's like, what, 18 and oh, right now, or, or how many is he won straight, like 18 or 19 straight or something. I think it's 18. I think Anderson had the record for 19. So that's yeah. what he's approaching. Yeah. Went three and oh, this year, obviously the Colby rematch was, I mean, to be Colby again, uh, who a lot of people thought given another shot, especially over five rounds, Colby would find a way to beat him, uh, to knock out Masvidal he, the way he did insane obviously <clears throat> won our knockout of the year and then gilbert burns man another guy uh you know i think we kind of forget about that performance heard him. Yet, yeah the other two 
kind of overshadowed it, but man, had to overcome some adversity in that. And, and a lot of people felt like Gilbert Burns had all the tools uh, to be former Kamara. training partner, everything former. Yeah. The story behind it. Um, so really, man, there was, there was really stories behind every single one of his fights uh, reasons to get emotional uh, to, you know, kind of get in your head a little bit. And he's just, he's a champion, man. And he deserves this award. Surreal gone. Obviously we've already mentioned it. He won our breakout uh, fighter of the year. I think had he had finished 2021 as champion could be a different story for a guy like him. If he would have beat Francis Ngannou this year, not his fault. Uh, just timing didn't work out. Uh, and then Charles Oliveira. I mean, if we, which next year we'll probably add more categories, but I mean, obviously if we had a bounce back fighter of the year, yeah, come back uh, for sure. It would have been Charles Oliveira. That's probably a category we should add next year. Uh, but what a year that guy had too. And, um, you know, I, I feel like all three of these guys next year could be right back in this category. Yeah. I put a, I put a lot of stake in the title defense side of it too, because it's a lot different, yeah. you know, you're getting everybody's, I mean, not that you're not getting everybody's best, but you have all this tape on you because you've been the champion this long. People have seen how, you know, people might get you in trouble or where your so- so-called weaknesses are. And, people know they have to take the title from you. They can't just, you know, get a decision. You really have to take it from a champion. So I put a lot of stake in title defenses. And then the way he was winning them, you know, getting finishes and and really putting his heart on display in a lot of those fights as well. So I definitely think um, he showed out this year. So for me, um, a big part of why Usman's the guy is, um, like I said earlier, is just the evolution. I mean, you can see him, literally see him getting better most of almost every fight he's in um and also too i believe it was before the masadol fight um that because that was a rematch the one that happened this uh, this year um he he said you know i'm about to start lapping these guys and he's just the first one in line and man just again to go along the lines with the improvement and the evolution to put away masadol in their first fight was that you know kind of five rounder short notice and then um coming to in the second fight with them you know, everyone had the questions about like, oh, Colby's going to wrestle this time and the wrestling's going to make it different. And Usman shut all that down. I mean, and he still beat Colby up for a majority of that fight. Um, yeah, man. I mean, just hats off to him. Like, he, he just couldn't have a better year, couldn't have better performances. Just fantastic for Usman. Yeah. And I feel like, especially this year, like, Usman really gives you that impression that, like, you know, when you're talking pound for pound, like, I really, whether we ever see it or not, like, I do feel like he could go up a weight class and down a weight class and be champion, you know, providing he could make the weight obviously, but he's just that dominant and that good. And, you know, unfortunately like a guy like Charles Oliveira is like, you go up one weight class and you're looking at you versus Usman. <laughs> I just don't, you know, I just don't like that matchup very much for right. Oliveira, but yeah, dude, just what a year that dude's had. Um, and I think it's something where like Brandon, you had mentioned it earlier this year is, we really got to start appreciating Kamara Usman, man, because he talks and, and I just don't know how long he's going to be around. And we really need to appreciate what we're seeing right now, uh, because it, when it's gone, we're all going to be like sitting there telling people like, dang, you remember Kamara? Usman? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we really mm-hmm. got to enjoy this dude while we got him, man, because yeah. he's he's something special. Well, we were we were lucky to see the Anderson you know, that saga and a lot of, you know, newer fans didn't get a chance to see that. They just seemed like the tail yeah. end. And, um, but it was a really special moment where you're just like every fight, it's like, this guy is, you know, untouchable. Everybody, you know, the way he does these things is crazy. And I think Usman's in that is walking in that same path where it's like, you know, you don't, 
you don't super realize it, but as you know, as us, as people who look back and look at records and what they've been doing in the past year or just in their career, you really start seeing that these guys, that somebody like him is putting himself on a way different platform. Yeah, no, for sure. Boys, that is it. That is our 2021 neon belly awards first congratulations to all the winners yes i'm sure that's this is probably the biggest award most of these men and women have won in their careers Uh, you're welcome you are very welcome uh i think next next year we'll have we'll have medals or trophies or something a little bit more tangible send it to their po box yeah yeah and we'll add more we'll add some more categories this was a lot of work i mean when you're thinking like category then you got to go back and watch these fights and yeah performances to really refresh yourself i mean dude some of these fights happened back in january so you know you really got to go back remind yourself of some of these fights and so it's a lot of work so we'll add some more categories next year we'll just start it a little earlier so we have a little bit more time (laughs) we only gave ourselves a week for this one uh so that is it that was fun anything else on the awards boys before we move on i just want to say oh go ahead I, i was just gonna ask a question and this is pretty unrelated, but since we're kind of like, this is our first one. Like if we had started a year earlier when Habib was still fighting because he retired the way he did, would you guys even consider him for, for fighter of the year? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Maybe quitter of the year. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Number (laughs) number one, number one quitter. No, I think, I think last year he probably would have been, I'd have to see what Usman did last year off top, but he probably would have been, male fighter of the year last year even though he retired i mean he still put together the body you have to look at the body of work they did in that calendar year even if they retired i think it was just two fights yeah maybe just one honestly justin and dustin right i don't remember if dustin was in the same year he might have been but i don't remember i think Mm. he was i say it feels like he was but as long as he was active i would have considered him i don't know if he would have won now that i'm thinking about it i just would have had to see what everybody else did but like if usman retired like he would like if he retired after the Colby fight, he still would have been our male fight of the year. I mean, he just it just did work. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I have to say about this year in MMA for us is it's it's the changing of the guard, man. We got new champions. We got new contenders. It, it's really I'm really, really excited for next year. And I, I'm just excited to see where some of these people go to see if they stay in some of these categories or the new names that's coming in. So for sure. It's kind of like every year, like le- leading into a new year, I always think to myself, like, man, what's going to happen next year that's going to like really stand out or be cool or or crazy that we're going to talk about or some like sort of topic. And and there always it, is. Yeah, it just never ever ceases to be something to pull me in, like to this sport, whether like you said, it's a fight, a top, a topic, or a tweet, whatever. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I love it. We'll make we a just- bold claim right now for next year uh, we're, we're, we're gonna get to that hold on oh okay don't john's trying to bury it i'm just trying to just keep things exciting man <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and like you know you just it's what what makes me more excited is to think like next year we're gonna have a whole new lineup of like patty pimblets and alex you know uh pereira's or and um uh michael chandler like all these like kurt chris curtis like we're gonna have all these new young guys and girls that we're not even thinking about right now that we're gonna be talking about next year possibly cameron van camp fingers crossed let's go let's get it let's get it daddy let's go um i could probably just about assure you guys if 
if Cam goes undefeated next year, he you look out. <laughs> we're gonna fighter we're gonna, of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say rookie of the year, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Oh, hey, hey, maybe oh, he'll double double uh, categories. Never know. Hey, you do never know. You never freaking know. John, hit us with a news jingle. The news. Boys, just a couple things that we have to get out right here before the end of the year. In case you didn't see it, Dana White confirms Carla Esparza will face Rose Namajunas next for the women's strawweight title. That is a rematch. Um, mm-hmm. Really excited to see that one. Uh, I think Carla presents a lot of problems for Rose. Um, like we were talking about earlier, she's going to have to reinvent herself again, sharpen those skills. Uh, it's a good fight. Really excited for that. Are you, Brandon? Yeah. Um, Carla, like you said, she presents a lot of problems. Um, Carla's a pretty good wrestler, too. And Way Lee, Wei Lee demonstrated um, just with the fact that she's such a kind of new to the wrestling scene, but she was still able to take Rose down and hold her a few times. Um, Carla is not Wei Lee. Carla is a good wrestler. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Rose handles it. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, Carla definitely isn't Wei Lee because I don't know if she's going to take as many strikes as Wei Lee's been able to take from Rose in that second fight. So yeah. if, if it doesn't get to the ground, I think it's a long night for Carla, but if it does, it could be very well be a long night for Rose. And we could be talking about a different performer of the year next year. Very true. Last thing I got boys, junior Dos Santos announces his next fight will be facing. I'm probably going to butcher this guy's first name. Kubra Pulov for the triad combat heavyweight title at their next event in February. Uh, uh, Pulov is the guy that just beat Frank Mir for the title. So for his life. Uh, yeah. For his life. Possibly <laughs> his life. We, we need to probably confirm that Frank Mir is okay. Yeah. We, yeah, we need a Derek Lewis. He's okay because yeah. we're not sure. I love this fight. I, I, this will actually get me to, to watch this event hundred percent. Yeah, I think Junior is one of the better boxers in the heavyweight. I don't think Frank had a chance in that. And, I mean, this Pulov dude, he's recently fought Anthony Johnson. Like, his only losses are, like, Anthony Johnson and somebody else. And that was, like, two years ago. So he's, Yeah, he's a legit heavyweight boxer. Yeah, he's freshly high level. Um, and Junior, you know, obviously his last fights didn't go the way he wanted them or the way I wanted them as a fan. But he does present some really good – uh, boxing on an MMA level. And we've seen the MMA guys have a lot of success in those triad fights. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it as well. I'll definitely be tuning in. I think it'd be cool to see Anderson Silva in one of those fights. Just give him a little extra something he can use. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, he's he's getting looks. I mean, they're, they're talking about trying to put him and Jake together. Yeah, yeah. And I, that'd be cool too. But I just think, you know, Silva would really thrive. I saw betting odds for Jake Paul's next opponent, and uh, Anderson Silva actually leads that three to one. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, But I say that, and then you see him kind of getting back to calling out other smaller people or like, I don't know. I don't think he wants that. But I was going to tell you, I don't know if you had this, if you had anything else on that triad. No, that was all I had. So anything you got. uh, They announced on that same card, Vitor Belfort is going to be fighting Chad Dawson. And Chad Dawson is a former boxer, obviously, because they're doing MMA and boxing thing. Right. Obviously, Vitor coming off of the saddest fight of the year against Vander Holyfield. 
yeah. gets a chance to get a. I mean, Chad Dawson is a, a young pup, but he's just not as deteriorated as um, a Holyfield was. This isn't really newsworthy. I will just say because it's just kind of random. I did see that Eagle FC also signed Hin and Burrell, So whoa, be interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting to see him in that. Well, boys, that is all we got. Unless you guys had anything else for nope. news. So let's put a bow on 2021 um, with our one for the. I'll do. I'll do uh, last song. I think it's my turn. Um, so I'm going to do Bill Medley and Jennifer Warren's The Time of My Life. Nice. That's what we're going out with this year. Song of the week. Um, let's uh, let's go around. We're one for the people. Uh, do one New Year's resolution for the pod next year and one MMA prediction. And then if you got anything else, go for it. Uh, Brandon, go. Okay. Uh, New Year's resolution for the pod. Oh man, I hate doing these off forever. I'm gonna say I'm gonna come back as the champion next year for our points battle. Um, close second place this year. I have some redemption, and uh, so I'm gonna come back as the champ. Um, and then what was the other one? New uh, MMA Bold prediction. Yeah, MMA Bold prediction. Oh man, um, I kind of made a bunch with one of my facts, not your feelings. Sure. I'll say Valentina loses in 2022 milky i like it Mm. (laughs) john same thing all right um what i new year's resolution for the pod is i'd like to like us to get a couple more ufc fighter interviews man i think um we're on pace for that already you know we have some good good relationships but i'd love to see us get you know, get some solid names. And then obviously the YouTube thing, we've talked about it. I'd love to do that. My bold MMA prediction is Kai Car France getting the belt, baby. Nice. <laughs> like, man, you, you guys are really putting me on. I don't really like my bold prediction. I don't even have one as I'm saying. <laughs> probably gonna. <laughs> you guys just came up with some really freaking solid predictions. I like both of them. Um, yeah. So my, my resolution, new year's resolution for the pod, our goals, I guess. I like everything you guys said. Um, I would say definitely more Matt talks. Um, not even just within, you know, like fighters, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, some different, like just different. We've, we've, we've talked about some different people within the same, you know, the combat sports community, uh, you know, different journalists, maybe reaching out. Um, and I'd also like to start maybe doing like working some events, you know, yeah. whether bigger or smaller is like kind of like more media stuff. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's my, my one for that, man, my one bold MMA prediction. Do it. You guys Say ready it. for this? Let's hear it. Your new welterweight champion will be Hamzat Shimaev. Mm. Mm. I spent all that time building up Kamara Usman just to bury him. (laughs) (laughs) I really do, man. So, so does he win it by beating Usman? It's a good question. Oh, that's a, that'd be a little plot twist. Um, yeah. He beats, he, so Usman's not walking away. He beats Usman for it. I think he beats Usman this year. All right. That's even spicier. Yeah, I really do. I, I, I just, I love Usman. Like I said, Usman is special, uh, but Hamzat is too, man. 
And I think he's just the next, the net, like we just keep seeing, you know, we saw GSP like Usman is, is kind of working his way above that. And then I think Hamzat eventually even gets above that, man. That's, it's a beautiful thing about this sport, man. It constantly, constantly changing, constantly reinventing itself, going higher. Uh, so yeah, that's that. There we go. Put some spice in that rice, baby. Put, put a little spice in the rice for us, right. As we're going out, uh, boys, thank you guys, man. This was, uh, this was a fun year. Uh, we had, a. This was just something that we kind of started in 2020, like late. We had kind of started talking about it. And then finally we were just like, look, the Connor Dustin card in January, that's our first episode. We're just going to do it. Like we're going to find a way to record and we're just going to do it. And within a couple of weeks, we had a mixer and microphones and everything that we needed. And RIP. Uh, R.I.P. And man, we have freaking grinded this year. Um, Shout out to John who hasn't missed a single episode. John has not missed an episode. Yeah. I missed a couple of Matt talks from work, but not an episode. That's true. He didn't miss some Matt talks. But uh, the, the good thing is we've all found ways to keep this thing going every damn week. Um, and I saw a statistic that like 80 or 90% of podcasts don't do this. And I'm not saying this for sympathy, but uh, the work that we've put in behind the scenes, like people don't see it, uh, but it's crazy. Like this thing is like, we have, we have our jobs and then this requires a lot of our attention as well. So I just appreciate you guys, man. And um, we, let's do this thing, man. Let's, let's go, let's go to the next level next year. Oh yeah, be on the lookout, man. We're, once, once, we're only going up from here. Uh, well, once once we get our mixer back, <laughs> just get, <Yeah. laughs> just 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 give us about a month, okay? <laughs> yeah, let's get, let me let me just sleep on your couch, get on my feet a little bit. You know, I'll pay yeah. you back. Oh, all right, boys, let's get out of here. Uh, John, why don't you sing us a little time of our life on the way out? time of my life, and I never felt this way before. Come on, one more, one more, one more line. I need Brandon to step up. I've been doing these off the top, and it's true, dude. I can't beat Creed, and I owe it all to you. Yeah. A little duet there, yeah. <laughs> all right, boys, we'll see you guys in 2021. Peace, 22. Peace. Holy Peace. shit, love your mother, drink water. Yeah.